0: Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Now, Positively Ernie with Ernie Anastas, a New York TV legend and radio host with great positive stories and interviews. Thanks, Ernie in the back and now here's Ernie all
1: right welcome back to the show and I'm having a great time as always I got a special guest for you what a face you're going to recognize him immediately he's a terrific guy a dear friend please let's say hi to John Tesh John you look good my man how are you
2: as we say at, uh, at our age, I'm above ground. Uh, I think I may have a couple of, year, couple of years on you, but, but uh, I've, re- I've re- been really looking forward to talking to you because <clears throat> I remember you uh, for most of my career in New York as the, as the competition. Yeah, so we yeah, were always trying to bring you down, and it never worked out.
1: No, John, listen, you were at WCBS Channel 2 in New York. I was at WABC Channel 7 in New York, and you were one of the youngest reporters. I think you were 22 years old when you were on the air, which is fabulous.
2: Yeah, I couldn't. uh, Fortunately, I had some nice people who took care of me. So in that in that uh, newsroom at the time, where Linda Ellerbee, uh, um, uh, Meredith Vieira was in there. Mm-hmm. John Stossel, of course. I just talked to you the other day. Sure. Uh, Jim Jensen, Roland Smith, and and Chris Borgen, who was the ex New York City uh, detective, right. was the guy who looked after me because I was uh, I was a, I was a little kid. Yeah.
1: You know, I I also had a chance to work with them as well. And what a great team. Uh, you know, wh- when you think about the the memories that we have, I mean, it was a great start in many ways. But you have had an illustrious career. I mean, John, people know you're a pianist. You're composer, uh, radio host, intelligence for your life, and you've done so many concerts. I'm so proud of you, and I have a lot to talk about. So let's just talk about, you know, your inspiration. I know that Yanni, uh, a Greek friend, Yasu, uh, you and Yanni were, were together, and he kind of gave you a break in many ways, and then you went on to this amazing career. Uh, talk about your love of music and how it started when you were very young, very young
2: sure yeah yeah I grew up not uh not far from where you are and, I, and actually I grew up li- listening to uh to wabc mm-hmm. uh cousin cousin Brucey. cousin and, and all The gang I yeah was, I, yeah I was born in, I was born in 1952 Garden City in Garden City Garden City yeah yeah and 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 Garden City uh was one of those places where you know you you don't you don't know this until you actually get out of of where you are where you grow up mm-hmm. when I got out and went to North Carolina State I realized that back back on Long Island those schools were incredible, yeah. you know, and 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 I realized based on some of the training that I I'd actually been in a performing arts school, you know, and I sure uh, there was just a lot of music, a lot of theater, and so uh, I was a really skinny. I'm six six uh, and Big I guy. You know, I'm way two thirty mm-hmm. now uh and and so back in the day i was this height in junior high school and i weighed 155. wow so uh i, I was always available on, uh, on city hawkins dance day there's nobody related really <laughs> to me so like a lot of kids back then maybe like you too mm. i you know we had one of the with a finished basement you know and so your parents you just get down there in the basement and I we had like you know reel-to-reel tape recorder and, and Mr microphone and reel-to-reel oh, tape yeah. and a little piano and stuff and so I was there just you know sort of uh, you know creating stuff trying to get popular <laughs> never really worked out but those those hours and hours that my mom used mm-hmm. to the piano Eventually chased me down and said, "You know, your 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 real love is uh, is is music." But those were the, I mean, those were the real, the halcyon days of my oh, yeah. youth. Yeah, back then, you know, where where I mean, when 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 you and I were on television, yeah, I, how many millions of people were watching every night because there were only three. Well, maybe exactly, there was no vacation.
1: competition. Yeah, you know, John, a, yeah. you, you talked about your height, and and I remember one time you might recall this. You and I were in a car with Lester Holt. We were driving someplace. I can't remember the three of us, and you couldn't get in the back seat of that car. You were so tall. You were so big. And I said, <laughs> "Come on, John, <laughs> let's make room." Yeah. But now, wh-
2: now I've got now I've got three grandkids, 12, oh. and seven, and uh, they they made me take them to uh, to Disneyland out here in, in Los mm. Angeles. And, and to, to your point, I could not get in Space Mountain. My, my niece, and they, and they were like, Papa, what's going on? I can't get, I can't get in. You know, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm mostly legs. Like, so.
1: Well, John, you know what? Let, let me do the math here, because I wrote down some numbers, okay? Six Emmys, four gold albums, two Grammy nominations. You talk about, you know, your early childhood and the experiences you had. I mean, what are, what an illustrious career. You have hosted... Uh, so many different programs. I mean, we talked about that. You raised $7 million for some of the concerts you did for PBS. I mean, that's an extraordinary career, my good friend. Not to mention the fact that you have done something extraordinary. When, when people hear your name, they say, "Roundball Rock. And I said, yes, you wrote, you wrote the theme for the NBA. And there's a great story about that. And we have the video that we're going to show that you actually tell us about. You made a phone call to yourself, and that's how it all started.
2: Yeah, I thought you know when you're in the when the in the, in the industry, right? So I was I, I was uh, I went from uh, WCBS to uh, CBS Sports, the mm. network sports, which was ridiculous because you know me well enough to know I, I probably back, back in the day I couldn't name you know four NBA teams or NFL <laughs> teams, but Terry O'Neill and Van Gorder Saunders said, "Hey, listen, we're doing we're going to do a different approach to CBS Spectacular, and we yeah. want to be be a little more serious. We want to go after." Uh, uh jim mckay mm. and uh, abc you guys you know and so they hired me as a as a sideline reporter yeah and then uh, they had nobody to cover things like downhill skiing and and the tour de france bike race. yeah you so went to the olympics david and michaels, everything yeah yeah so david michaels uh al michael's brother was a producer and when we got to the tour de france he said he said hey you know i know you're you, you can play synthesizer why don't we bring a bunch of synths over here and we'll do this uh mtv style and that's really where I guess you would say my uh, the professional uh, career started. Sure. But during that time, uh, CBS uh, uh, lost the NBA coverage to NBC, mm. and so Dick Ebersol and those guys—I I learned through the grapevine—that they were looking for a new theme for uh for the NBA, mm-hmm. and so they were just going to take submissions. And yeah. so, in the middle of the night, <laughs> I mean, you alluded to the story. Yeah, I, I had an idea in my head, and I realized I didn't have—you know—I didn't have a piano in front of me. I didn't have uh, right uh, a manuscript paper or or no, no iPhones back. Yeah, then. exactly. Yeah, and so I left. I called i called my answering machine in new york and left that message for myself yeah
1: and and you you actually you know did the song in your head and then you played it
2: back and then you just wrote the song i mean that was it it was sometimes it's so silly I mean it was really i i called myself you know i tell the story on stage when we're in concert yeah and i, I just said all right here's an idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you know cut me off you know and I call yeah. back and... and I got back for three weeks later yeah and I put the answering machine on the on the piano let's and... hear it right mm. that's interesting and then... <laughs> and that's that was really it how it started but I think the se- I think the secret sauce was understanding the way you know Eversol and Tommy Roy and those guys uh, mm. behave yeah. or the way they make their decisions when I re- recorded it and added a little bit of orchestra on there with my help from my friend uh, Yanni yeah. uh, I I didn't send him a cassette tape I sent him a VHS tape I had some uh, footage that I had recorded on my Betamax yeah And so I, I, I put the music, uh, to Michael Jordan and, and, uh, and, and all of those players back in the day with Celtics versus Lakers. Yeah. So they could see what it looked like on the video.
1: I mean, what, what history that is, you know, when you, you think about, you know, so many accomplishments that you've had You talked about sports, all the major events that you've covered local news and then music and performing PBS. I mean, how does it make you feel? I mean, cause you're still a young guy and how does it make you feel that you've, you've accomplished all of this and then think about perhaps what's next. We always ask that question. What's next for John Tisch?
2: Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, uh, those of you who may be joining this program for the first time, whatever, I'm talking to the guy who probably has a factor of two or three times, the amount of Emmys that uh, oh. that have been bestowed on me. I mean you I I know Thank you, you John. like I said as the as the competition, I know you as a man who's been at the top of this game for you know Thank for, you, my for so long. And, yes. and when you get when you get to a, a certain age it really is, okay, so what is what is important? And this is mm-hmm. why I was so interested in talking to you because yeah. What we talk about on our radio show all the time is you know is is positivity. Yes. You know, and in 2015, 2015, I walked into a doctor's office, my GP, just for you know regular exam, yeah. and uh, I walked out with eighteen months to live. Unbelievable. Uh, what happened was I had a rare form of prostate cancer that didn't make any blood markers, mm. so my PSA for those folks who know what PSA is, yeah. uh, is it was point four for five years mm-hmm. so there was really no indication that there was anything going on but then but then the the physical exam revealed that i that all of a, all of a sudden i had nine you know virulent uh, tumors that had spread into my lymph wow. nodes and so my wife connie connie, connie I, yeah I, I i became a cancer patient basically ernie i talk about a lack of positivity mm. i started drinking i was taking like because you can get anything you want when you're a you know a, a, yeah. a terminal yeah. cancer patient yeah my wife is a you know is a full-blooded Italian from uh from Bronx from you've been Bronx. married 30
1: years man which is great
2: 30-year so marriage said, yes go no, ahead what did she sorry, say this is, this is not us and so yeah see, she said this is not us and uh and so she dragged me out of my pity party and we got after it we you know found the right the hospitals the right to, wow. Uh, you know, the right surgeons and, you know, and all of that stuff. And then we, we combined, uh, as you alluded to earlier, we combined uh, uh, the dual modalities of of medicine with the power of prayer.
0: Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural doctor developed and tested Anacool by Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.
1: You know, you've done so much uh, in in many ways, and and you also have written something, Secrets to Answered Prayers, and it's a course, and I want to hear about that, because, you know, here you've you've just told a very moving story, I mean, 18 months to live, and you you went through that, uh, people can't even imagine, you know, you say, my God, what would I do if that happened to me? But here you are, a great survivor, and now you're trying to help others, what did you learn from all of this, and and how do you want to help others, John?
2: Yeah, the interesting thing for me is that, um, you know, I grew up in the church on Long Island and West, Westbury Methodist Church. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I, 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 you know, memorized the scriptures and, and like a lot of kids, I got, to, uh, I got to college and it was like, okay, here yeah. we go, yeehaw, you know, in the 60s. Um, and it wasn't until I met my wife Connie uh, 32 years ago, where she uh, she was in a, in a basically in a, in a small church, but it was like a Bible study, yeah. and and uh, and I, and my faith became you know renewed. And so uh, when I was on tour, you know back back you know 10, 15 years ago, longer. Mm-hmm. I would try to share my faith on the stage, and there's so much pushback. People just didn't. We didn't come to the concert for this. We don't need to hear the gospel here. I'll, I'll get mm. that in church. Mm-hmm. But and I, you know, I'm convinced that God didn't put sickness on me. But when this happened. I I became very honest about about the process we were going through and and shared it on Facebook and on the radio and and began to share it on stage. Mm. And then, early after, at the at the end of every concert, when I when I shared my testimony with photos of me going through chemo and the rest of that, and then the story of the power of prayer, people would come up to the stage afterwards and and realize that everybody, in some form or another, is sick. You know i mean oh, yeah. people who actually had sickness people who had you know who were grieving the loss mm-hmm. of, a, of a child or a loved one mm-hmm. and uh and so i began to get so many questions about hey john what prayers did you use what did you encounter what was the process interesting did i started just started recording videos mm. about it you know yeah. and, and put together some you know handbooks with the with, with the prayers because yeah. people you know i i think everybody just thinks that if you these days, if you believe in God, or if you believe in the word of God, mm. then that's religion and it's just judgmental. And I don't but it's not part of it. But the power, right, exactly. The yes. power that's in the word of God. And when you talk about visualization and positivity, yes. you know, that's all, you, you can see it all there in the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, yeah. this really speaks to what your ministry is. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so, we, we speak death over ourselves and we can speak, we can really speak when you combine faith with positivity. Yes. You can really speak. If you,
1: Absolutely. If you know, John, I, I love listening to you. You know, here you, you survived, you know, you had a terminal illness and, and your faith was really important. And you know, I, I like to talk about spirituality, but I don't, I don't think of it as, as religion. In fact, every time I have that conversation with somebody, I'm saying, look, this is reality. Okay. This is who we are. We're connecting the dots. We're recognizing, you know, uh, how we are all part of the same energy. And, and we can share these stories with people with love and respect and civility. And don't you think, John, we need that now more than ever?
2: Yeah. what happened was, you know, it's interesting because you, you, you know, this to be true as well. Yeah. One of the things we found on our, uh, for example, on our, our Facebook page is yeah. that uh, when we, when we were in COVID and coming out of COVID, you know, our audience is, you know, is, is men and women, uh, 45 plus with a huge bump Mm. at 60 plus, right? Mm -hmm. Baby boomers, just like me. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we found was there was just, there was so much loneliness, you know, and so people were searching and people, that's why so many people quit the, you know, the great res, great resignation, why so many people quit their jobs, yeah. trying to figure out doing the edge a sketch moment where I just, let me just, you know, let me just start over. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of, um, when you think less of religion, right, which has been perverted by many different denominations. Yes, unfortunately, you know right? yeah. Yeah. And when you just think about what, you know, what the, the power of, heart, right, and what I love to do, and I do this all the time in, in the course as well, is you know you take what Duke University and Stanford and and and, and mm-hmm. Dana Farber you know the, the the hospital in Boston sure. what they say about about the power of prayer and you and you and you mix that with what the Bible says about the power of the prayer and even what meditation meditative prayer is fabulous it's it's really powerful and I've I've seen it in action even at the at the, at the Olympic level with some mm. of these athletes you know what's the difference between an athlete that wins a gold medal mm. and one that uh, and, and one that's you know on the on the third uh, position in the stand. And yeah. it really is. I, I saw this with Franz Klammer, you know, oh, yeah. up, up close and personal before a race, he'd mm-hmm. have his eyes closed, Ernie, and he'd just be going, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be practicing on the slopes. He didn't need to do that. And he'd right. be going like this and he'd be going through the whole course. He had had the whole thing memorized. Mm-hmm. And he even had his position on the gold medal stand Amazing. memorized as well. Wow. And so the, like you said, the power of positivity, oh, yeah. but the power of, of, of understanding that you need to be able to see the finish line as mm-hmm. well as the finish line in your life. And once I could see that, yeah. I realized that I wasn't gonna die at 18 That's
1: an incredible story. And you know what we're talking about here, John, is this higher level of consciousness, okay? I mean, we are here, we're on this earth. You know, I look at the globe every day. I have some pictures uh, that were taken from NASA and, and I'm looking at this earth and I'm saying, I'm on this. I'm on this ball, I'm on this globe, and you can't even see me and and billions of others. And I'm saying, this is so special. This is so unique. And and you have to look into how this came about. And fundamentally, you just stop and you say, there's a source for everything. There's a creator, there's a designer for everything that you see. And I look at that, and the most important thing that comes out of it, in my opinion, I know you agree, is love. Love yeah. is the answer. Yeah. Love yeah. is the most powerful thing, yeah. John. And if we love one yeah. another, if we show that respect for each other, it's a short time. It's a short time. You know, there's an online that says, don't worry, be happy in a hundred years, all new people. <laughs> you know, and and it's our turn yeah. now. Here we yeah. are, yeah. and what are yeah. we doing with this time? And you're doing great things. You really are, and I I just yeah. applaud you for for being outspoken that way. And and people have to just love, and they do love and respect you for sharing that kind of message after what you have been through. And even if you didn't go through that, I think you had that gift in you already.
2: Uh, yeah, I didn't know until it was all I had. I my faith was all I had to to hang on to. Yeah. The other thing that you're talking about too is just to come under what you what you just said I wanted to scream out uh, preach Ernie preach is uh is a mindset you know? mindset there, there's so many different studies now about how it, it, if you can instill in a, in a child or a grandchild a growth yeah. mindset hmm. instead, instead of a failure mindset you know it changes it changes everything and so if, if your mindset is start with love You know, a lot of times, you know, you'll be doing something in business. And my my wife and I have this thing where something somebody will say something or text something uh, to you and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, you're like, you want to go, you know, and it happens on Twitter all the time. Right. And so we have a phrase that we share between us. When something happens, if something starts to light either one of us up, we're like, let's assume goodness, Mm. let's assume, let's start there. That's what you're saying. Yes. Let's assume goodness and start from there instead of, you know, reacting uh, instead of reading that text or reading right. that email or, or even reading the voicemail, uh, voicemail uh, in the tone of voice that in the in the mood that we're in at the time.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, it makes a huge difference in life. I, I just I can't tell you how excited I am talking with you, John. And I know people who are watching you, and a lot of people watch you for over ten years on Entertainment Tonight with Lisa Gibbons. You guys were a great team. You must have enjoyed that, and uh, that was part of you know the learning experience for you. You must have enjoyed that. A lot of people are going to remember you on Entertainment. Tonight. Tonight.
2: that was a very strange experience mm. I I was doing at the time I was uh, I was working on the Tour de France bike race with yeah. uh, with, with David Michaels yeah. and I and I came I, I came back home and I got my answering machine and I had a message from a guy named Frank Kelly from Paramount television oh, He said, yeah. hey John this is uh this is uh, Frank Kelly we're doing this new show called entertainment tonight and I'd like to talk to you and, and I, I I'd been in Europe for so long I had no idea what he was talking about right And so I called him up and he said, well, Mary, Mary Hart's going to be in town. Uh, Would you do an an audition with her? And I said, okay, sure. You know, so I show up, you know, (laughs) I had hair down here because you're not on the air. (laughs) You did have long hair. You're really not on the air that much been working on the tour for, you know, three months. Mm. You hear my hair's down to here. I show up in, in cut-off, uh, uh, you know, shorts, half a beard. Yeah. And I, I come in, Mary Hart's got her Mary Hart thing on. I care of all her regalia, you know, the Entertainment Tonight stuff. And so, and, we, and Mary and I still joke about yeah, this. Yeah, Mary's show up and, and they go, okay, would you eat Read the teleprompter, and then Mary's going to ask you a few questions. And so the teleprompter pops up, and it's the celebrity birthdays. And so I'm reading this now, not like you would read the news on on, on WABC, yeah. but as I'm doing downhill skiing, right? And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> so are your birthday today? Phil Collins is 62, you know? And Mary's like, ah! You know. And so they calm me down a little bit, and then they offered me a 13-week contract to move wow. out to uh, Los Angeles which was ridiculous you know because i I, you you and i used to three five year yeah contracts yeah and what what they said because they did their homework he said listen come and do this let's try for 13 weeks and we'll give you we'll give you access to our recording studios on the paramount uh paramount lot wow uh i must have loved it yeah that wasn't great I wasn't. They, they they actually sent me. Ernie, you'll appreciate this because we've all had lots of different co-hosts, right? Yes. And so uh, they call me into the office after you know, after the second contract like right. twenty six weeks, and they go, hey, hey, John, we just did a focus group, and um, and we realized that uh, uh, people, I think that you don't like Mary. And I'm like, What are you talking about? What? And they said, and they so they. Pulled up a tape and it was like you know because I was always sort of an iconoclast on that show or at least I was in the beginning where it's mm-hmm. like you know Mary would go oh my gosh look at, you know look at those guys you know they look like their friends uh, you know off stage as well and I go yeah right and then I would go on and do something else like oh, I thought it was cute you know but what I was doing was I was doing the Harry Reasoner thing to barbie Wal- oh, Walter's wow. if everybody and and nobody was happy but uh, and I bring this up to Mary now and she's like I don't remember any of this mm-hmm. anyway so they said we're sending you to to host school i'm like I, really I'm not doing that they go, well you can't keep you can't keep your job so they sent me to dallas with uh, lillian Glass was the name of this uh, this woman yeah wow I have crossed paths with her she's a body language expert mm. and she had all these tapes of me sort of rolling my eyes and turning my back on mary and everything and she goes we're going to train this out of you because you don't want to be this interesting person. so two weeks of two weeks of host school therapy yeah And I came back and and saved my job. But isn't it funny how I, I was not I was in a different paradigm than what everybody else thought I was in. Have you mm. ever had that experience where, where you just, where yeah. <laughs> are you too nice a guy to have fallen for that? No, but, but you know what? I mean,
1: I, I think that, you know, you didn't realize, you know, what was going on, but you know, sometimes a little direction like that is really important. I mean, you know, we, we've all had, yeah. you know, some consultants over the years. Uh, you remember the maggot group and, uh, you know, they would always do a lot of consulting for yeah. television. And I remember one yeah. time sitting down with, yeah. with one of the experts uh, and, and we were, you know, in New York and he said to me, you know, he said, it's very easy, you know, uh, for you to fall into a routine. You know, you, you, you toss to the reporters, you know, you end up tossing to, to the weather or the sports and so forth, and you become, you know, unconscious competent. You can do it like driving a car and never have an accident because you are unconscious competent. So he said something to me that really stuck. He said, look, Ernie, he said, here's the, here's the, 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 the secret. I want you to be conscious competent. I want you to be thinking about what you're doing when you're tossing to a reporter in the yeah, scene, yeah. instead of saying, you know, John Johnson is standing by with the story you turn around and you look at the focus and you say, John, I noticed behind you, you know, that this is going on. Tell me more about what's happening. So just being aware, cool, being conscious, cool. competent, with everything that you do, you're writing, you're tossing, whatever it happens to be. So, you know, good advice like that. But look, what it, uh, 10 years on that show, and Mary Hart is a sweetheart.
2: What, what do you think of podcasting, and do you have advice for, for, for podcasters if they're going to start one?
1: You know, what's interesting about that, John, uh, it's a great discussion, because you mentioned at the very beginning of the interview there were, used to be only three networks, And we didn't have all that competition. Now we have a plethora of of places where people can go and watch and listen and they can also be their own stars. Uh, I've always encouraged, particularly young people. I've written two books for teenagers, the history of teenagers in America and, and the adventures of a TV reporter. So I love youth and I want to encourage them. So I say, look, if you're going to do a podcast, I think it's a good challenge for you. I'd like you to be able to have a good message. You don't necessarily have to use foul language. You don't have to do anything that, that, that really, you know, become so outrageous. Just be you, find the talent, find the message that you want to say, work with the people that you want to, and then make something good. I, I'm a little concerned about so much out there, John. I think you, you, you are the same way, Th- that we, we just don't have any, remember standards and practices? Remember all of that? There used to be big departments of the networks, <laughs> <laughs> standards and practices. And we'd say, yeah, you know, this is something right. that you do or you don't do. Those things have gone out the window. So I like to reel it back in and say, look, civility, you can be nice. You can still have strong comments and opinions, but you don't have to go that far over. So that, that would be my advice to, to people, or whether young or old, but doing a podcast, is just be sincere, be honest, and, and be civil about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do I you didn't think? hear anything beyond when you said uh, your book, uh, uh, Adventures of a TV Reporter. Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah, I did a little uh, a children's book, The Adventures of a TV Reporter, Ernie and the Big oh, News.
2: I, I love it. I can read that to my grandkids? You could. I, I'll send you a copy. I think you'll like it. You know what? We've distributed over
1: 15,000 free copies in New York. I've gone out to a lot of elementary schools, and we've given free copies of this book. And it really encourages to, to dream big and that's the message of it. And it's a, it's a reporter. It was my story. Started in the basement of his home, and comes into New York, and has these stories covering the parade and so forth. But it ends up with all positive stories. And to me, when I go out and talk to these young kids, these are in elementary. They're in elementary school, and I talk to them, and I say, What is it? what is your passion? What do you want to do? What do you like to do in your free time? And then they start talking about whatever their love is. It could be even, you know, goldfish. And I say, well, you know, maybe you have a career in oceanography or something, you know, maybe you want to be a vet just to give them ways of thinking of how they can take their talent, their natural gift and their passion and turn it into something that could be useful and worthwhile and make a contribution to make this a better world. That's what, that's the message. Yeah, that's
2: so, that's so great. There's a book that's called, um, I think it's called The Rule of Ten Years old oh and now that a lot of people are trying to find their uh find their purpose this is just exactly what you were just talking about encouraging people now that people are trying to find a purpose in life or change what it is or or really just nail it down Mm. the advice is look back at when you were 10 years old and then find think about what you were doing what you're passionate about what when you were doing it you lost track of time and then find an uncle not your parents but an uncle or an elementary school teacher or, or your best friend at that time, call them up and say, what did they, what did you see me doing mm. when when I was when I was ten years old? And that's probably yeah. what you should be doing now if you want to come alive. And then the next step is to use it for purpose. Yeah. You
1: know, John, I tell this story often. I'll make it real quick. We had a career day when I was in, in junior high, and uh, when it was over, I talked to my homeroom teacher, Miss Ryan. I said, Miss Ryan, uh, tell me something. How do how do you know what career to choose? She said, What do you like to do in your spare time? I said, I built a little radio station in my basement and I play radio with my friends. She said, that was it. And she said to me, Ernest, whatever you enjoy doing will be the avenue to your success. Do what you really want to do and you just have fun doing it. And, and that's the best advice you can. John, let me ask you this before we go. Uh, if you were to give advice to a newborn baby, uh, something that they could hold on to and, and maybe look at it later on where they can understand it better. What advice would you give
2: to a newborn child? figure out what it is that makes you come alive Mm -hmm. and, and, and do that. You know, just what you said. Yeah. Just, just what you said. John. And I think, and and I think passion is a great word too. I believe passion is, but, but I think even, Beyond what you will get passion if you really have your why if Mm. you really have a purpose, you know
1: I've done so many interviews like you have and I remember talking to someone and this uh, social scientist probably out of harvard I had her on the air and I said so what is it that we think about in life? She said, you know when it's all said and done at the very end She said you only think about one thing. I said, what's that? She said, who did you love and who loved you? Oh, how powerful is that? Yeah so yeah, simple, yeah, yeah. so it's simple. Really, really not really how many cool, awards yeah. we've won, not all the different things that we've had yeah. the pleasure yeah. of, of enjoying, yeah. but
2: who did you love and who loved you? That's yeah, simple, that's John. You well, know, I, yeah, it's even, you know, it, and, and day by day, Ben Franklin was famous for saying for, when he woke up in the morning, he would he, he would say, he would ask himself, what good am I going to do today? And at the end of the day, he would, he would write this, what what good have I done today I mean it's pretty simple right and and it does speak to love
1: I love it John I gotta tell you something this was a joy you and I could continue to talk for the next hour Uh, I think people who, who have watched you over the years and know of your reputation but people who are watching you today I mean are really admiring you and saying hats off to you God bless you John because you've told so many wonderful stories especially your story of survival and and how it's encouraged you to continue to go on and do good things to help other people i mean that's that's a, a terrific gift that you're you're passing on to everybody john
2: really is i'm proud i, of pre- you. I appreciate it i appreciate it and if folks want to get in touch with me i always leave my email address right there on uh, on tesch.com my website
1: excellent well we're looking forward to seeing you again keep up the great work dear john and and our love to connie and your family and your your children i mean just i, I hope you all have a wonderful time
2: yeah. Thank you. And, and Ben, back, uh, back to you as well. And I'm always, you're, from now on, you're going to be earnest to me. Not,
1: not earnest. <laughs> That's what she called me, <laughs> earnest. Exactly.
2: Uh, all right, John. Thank
1: you so much. See God you bless later. John Tesh. turned out to be earnest. That's good. Oh, oh you're a nice. good man. Thank yeah. you, John Tesh. We love you. Okay. Wonderful show. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time.